that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass about this new helipad or heliport or whatever it's going to be over there by the Children's Hospital that has the uptown neighborhoods in an uproar because they said, oh my God, it's so loud. And Children's Hospital is saying, well, y'all just don't care about children. So once again, I have to turn to the great Dane, Dane Cialino, uh, attorney at law and Loyola professor about this whole particular issue. This podcast podcast talking out my ass right after this. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Getting older and feeling your age, low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds. Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again, or better yet, your new self again. Go to mopeclinic.com, M-O-P-E clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you. Bud here, do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hair dryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 9473392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor, over 25 years experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this, you better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Okay, so we're talking to Dane Cialino, who I've spoken to many times before, uh, one of my favorite uh, people to go to, not even counting being a lawyer type and uh, and teaching ethics and law at Loyola University. But he's also, uh, you're a good interview, Dane. You know what I mean? You don't get all hung up. You know how many people I talk to and they're like, I'm just so nervous. I'm going, about what? I don't know. Well, uh, I try, but I try. Well, you used to, I mean, you do litigation and things like that, so you're used to speaking in public. I think a lot of people are going, you know, I told, I tell them just treat this like it's just BSing on the phone, which is exactly what it is. And, uh, you well, know. Well, particularly when it's radio or a podcast, I don't even have to comb my hair. You think I have? Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a shave. I, you know, anyway. Um, well, sorry, the reason I called you today is, um, so I'm reading these articles about and, and, and the whole discussion about putting in this helicopter pad over at uh, Children's Hospital. And, uh, I, you know, I know there's there sometimes there's steps you got to take. Sometimes there's hoops you got to jump through. Uh, I'll say out the side of my mouth, sometimes you got to make a political contribution. Uh, when my when we were uh, before Katrina, uh, we had 
little house and the kids were little and they used to love to run out into the street. And I basically would bring them to play and it was like I'd go grab one out the street and bring it back and then run grab and that's all I did. I grabbed one and then the other back and forth and we put up a fence, a little wrought iron fence around the front of the property. And I mean, we had we didn't have to promise our next born child, but we had to like go through all kinds of rigmarole just to put up a wrought iron fence on the front of our own property. So I'm wondering why, what is the process and why is it being challenged so much with this helipad over at children's hospital? You know, I mean, there's a process in place for everything where, why am I reading in the paper that they were able to do this without, without going through this due process? Yeah, and it, it, it's, a, it's a long, complicated zoning issue that's been going on for years in that, in that neighborhood around Children's Hospital. Um, there's been a helipad out there for as long as anyone can remember, but it used to be located on the side of the hospital nearer the river. So when the helicopters would come in and out, they, uh, they didn't bother the neighbors as much as they did. But when they moved it uh, relatively recently, the, the neighborhood is... Uh, has been quite upset. I mean, the, the, the neighbors and, and Children's Hospital have had a difficult relationship for, for many years over things related to construction and traffic and uh, all sorts of issues, and the helicopter was really the last straw, apparently. Well, it's, it would seem like it would be that way to me. And, yeah, I do remember it would it was over there on the river, so the helicopter could fly in over the river, over the tracks and land. Uh, I know I understand why they wanted to move it that much closer so they don't have as far to travel. But the whole the whole thing of it is, it's like, I mean, you do have neighbors next door. The fact that you got a helicopter there means you're getting your your patients into the hospital that much quicker anyway. Uh, I think what, what irks everybody is the fact they just went ahead and did it, you know? And, right. And, and they, it's, it's like, what's that old thing? It's always better to ask forgiveness than, than permission. But that that's not for something this big. Yeah, and, and I don't know all the details about that, but it all apparently the whole issue turns on whether it's a hella port or a or a hella stop. And uh, children's hospital argument, uh, children's hospital's argument is we didn't uh, we didn't need any kind of new zoning for a hella stop. Uh, and the hella port for this helicopter is out at Lakefront Airport. That's where it lives and sleeps, and it only stops here periodically to deliver sick uh, children. So. That, that 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 essentially sums up why Children's Hospital thought it wasn't doing anything improper by just going ahead and, and building it and just getting what it expected to be a routine hella stop mm-hmm. permit. Uh, now, of course, the neighbors uh, think that the, it, it, it wasn't that, that simple. It was much more devious than that, uh, with the hospital essentially saying there's no way they're going to make us tear this down once we build it. But that's, I mean, that's that's... That's just that's, that's intentional bad blood. Well, maybe not intentional. But I, I, I see where you're coming at. They're not going to make us tear it down. But, but I'm hearing these arguments. Oh, well, you you don't care about children. You're we're building this thing up, and you just don't care about children. Go. They got children who live in those houses next to to, uh, to children's house. And I can't bitch about it. I mean, I brought. I've had to bring my children over to children's hospital for uh, for medical reasons, and uh, I cannot I cannot complain about the. Uh, the service, I cannot complain about the the treatments or anything like that. But then again, I don't live next door to him with a big helicopter dropping over my right. head. So, this I guess this. Well, go ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, and so so now this dispute's going to play out not just with uh, angry neighbors uh, talking to representatives of Children's Hospital. Now uh, there are still zoning matters going on, and I believe uh, either the city council or the, the zoning boards of Orleans Parish are going to be taking up these issues over the course of the next couple of months. But more recently, uh, last week, several of the neighbors – uh, I believe six or eight of them have joined together with uh, lawyers and filed a class action suit in civil district court uh, seeking damages and, um, and and likely an injunction to stop the helipad. So now it's going to play out not just in the streets around uh, and yeah. conference rooms and in, in, in children's hospital, but also in the courts and in the zoning uh, well, authority. Well, and then, okay, so that was the next thing I was going to bring up anyway is the, is the, uh, is the class action lawsuit. I have unknowingly been involved in a lot of class action lawsuits. Someone gets one of those. Oh, we all have. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get that little letter, and they talk about this, and after everything's said and done, you're probably going to end up with, like, $6. So you need to fill out all this paperwork. I'm going, for 6 bucks. I pay 6 bucks for you to go away and leave me alone. Because, you know, I and, and don't take this the wrong way, Dane, because I know you earn your money, but the people who are going to make the money are the lawyers. So what in why first off what is a class action lawsuit? Why why is it class action and does that make it more powerful than than Joe Blow from Kokomo doing it, you know? Well, it does. I mean, if if a lawyer can bring a class action, often the lawyer is going to bring the class action because it it really ramps up the 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 recovery for the for the collective group of plaintiffs. And for the lawyers, um, what, what what it is, I mean, class actions have been around for, for a long time. They've been controversial, obviously, because of the problems with the, I, I think most people call them the coupon recoveries, where the lawyers make millions in fees and the plaintiffs get some coupons to get some ice cream for free next time they go to TCBY. Um, but they are useful in some respects. I mean, we've seen class actions in, in securities cases in drug cases, uh, and in all sorts of other cases, in discrimination cases. And what it is, is if you've got enough people together and enough people have had a problem, and this is called the numerosity requirement for a class action, then, uh, and you've got some class representatives who have a problem that's typical to the rest of the members of the class, and they can adequately represent the people who aren't uh, in court, and uh, you meet those requirements, then you can file suit in state court or federal court. Uh, back around Katrina in 2005, Congress passed a, a, a very sweeping reform of class action litigation to, to bring most of these big cases into federal court. It was called the Class Action Fairness Act. And that was uh, part of uh, federal tort reform, essentially, that, that was designed to limit state court class actions and bring them into, state, into federal court. Big corporations like that, plaintiff's lawyers didn't. But, uh, you know, we see fewer and fewer state class actions now. Most of these big ones are brought in or removed to federal court. And, uh, you, you know, th there are fewer of these coupon settlements, as we've talked about, and uh, and fewer class actions in general. Well, I mean, I don't think I would want to be involved in a class action suit if I'm forced to go to federal court. If I, what I think is, like this one, there's, I don't think there's any room uh, there's no place for this in a federal court. Uh, this, this is no. I don't think so. I mean, I don't. Right. I don't. Um, 
I, I don't think so because everybody's local essentially here. Yeah. And you, you need some diversity of citizenship, citizenship to get yourself, even minimal diversity, to get yourself in federal court. So, yeah, I mean, if there's a if there's a way to remove it to federal court, the defendants will. But uh, but you're right; it's probably one that'll stay in state court. All right, I got to run for uh, I got to take a break. But when we come back, let's pick it up right here. Why why do they want to run to uh, to federal court uh, if they can? Uh, Dane Cialino is my guest, a Loyola law professor who teaches law and ethics at Loyola. And is also a practicing attorney uh, across the board. I mean, you don't do you're not a. This is a hospital thing, but you don't you don't really chase ambulances, do you? There, Dane. I mean, you're you're a criminal defense. No, lawyer. I don't really. Well, what I, I really do is I represent lawyers and judges in trouble, and and I uh, I do lawyer discipline work as what it uh, judicial discipline work principally. Oh man, I got legal ask, ethics. Is I got yeah, but I got to ask about that when we get back. I mean, what is it like a schoolyard fight or something? Dane Cialino is my guest on the Spudcast, talking out my ass right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake, or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to rapidurgentcare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. We're back talking with Dane Cialino, Loyola Law Professor. We're talking about uh, class actions, the helipad at uh, at Sheeran's Hospital. Uh, before I go much further into into the other thing, you talked about being the a, a representative of the lawyers and judges. I got to hear about this. But um, this class action lawsuit against uh, against Children's Hospital. Well, okay, so now it's going to enter the courts. Who who has that kind of jurisdiction? And can other people? Join in. What did you say? Yeah, I read. I read. I believe there's about eight people involved in this thing to begin with. Can other people climb on board? What do they have to do to show that they're uh, being uh, mis- mistreated too, so that they can be in the class action? Well, these eight people are going to be the representatives of of you know perhaps hundreds, maybe even thousands of other residents who fit the qualifications to be in the class and. And here, uh, from what I understand of the allegations, that these people allege their property has been devalued because of the noise that they're suffering, mm-hmm. hearing loss because of some of the noise, that uh, just basic inconvenience, inability to sleep, 
those sorts of damages. So anybody who is close enough to the hospital to have suffered any of those damages could potentially be a member of the class. Now, they wouldn't be some of the class representative. That's going to be done by the current six or, or eight plaintiffs, but they could be a member of the class and possibly get damages if the, the, the class action is successful. Get the ice cream cards, in other words. You know, maybe maybe it's Creole it's a Creamery. Coupon settlement. That's yeah. right. Maybe, <laughs> That's yeah, right. Go and if you're going to get some ice cream, go to Creole Creamery. Uh, what I mean, does that really make a difference, though? Or is it just lends more power to the uh, to the plaintiffs because they have so many people? No, the more in. more class members, the better. Yeah, the more the more class members, the the better. The defendants, uh, if they're going to wind up settling this lawsuit, they want the class to be as large as possible so they can resolve uh, as many claims in, in in one fell swoop as they possibly can. So uh, you know, getting a, a large number of, of of plaintiffs involved or, or, or declared as members of the class is important to both plaintiffs and defendants uh, once it reaches that settlement stage. All right. So, so who and the judge has to grant class action status. I mean, it's entirely up to the judge. What kind of guidelines go along those? Yeah, they, what they have a class certification hearing before the judge, where the plaintiffs will put on their evidence about uh, really. The, the, the four requirements are, are typically called, uh, you know, numerosity. You need a, enough people involved, and, and that's, you know, kind of an arbitrary number, 40, 50, 60 people affected at a minimum to, to meet that numerosity requirement. They uh, have to have common claims called the commonality requirement. They need representatives whose claims are typical and then uh, who will adequately represent the people who aren't there in court as class representatives. So that's all that those sorts of things are considered by the trial judge at the hearing. And then if the judge uh, judge certifies the class, that's, you know, that's the, the plaintiff's lawyers. That's a that's a home run for them, even before the merits are, are, are talked about. Yeah. Uh, defend, you know, defendants generally are fighting to defeat class certification because once they defeat class certification, that usually sucks all the wind out of the sails of the plaintiff's lawyers. But if you're, if I mean, okay, you just said twenty, thirty, forty, and there's eight people doing it. I mean, would the would the would the judge even consider that enough to be a class of again? What is it going to say? Go out and get me forty, you know, like a petition or something. Get me forty signatures, or they could show up in in room in the room in the courtroom here, and then we'll determine whether or not you got a class. Yeah, it's not forty or fifty named uh, class representatives. It's forty or fifty people at a very minimum that have been affected by the. Tortious conduct here. Yeah, but here they, in the have to, they would have to fess up and say, "I got you know, I'm being affected by all this, and this is my name, and this is where I live." I mean, I could put my name in the hat. I live yeah. way over here, you know. Right. So, uh, right. So I, I, I heard a helicopter card. pass over a little while ago. Yeah, it's true, man. You know, I, I always got the uh, I got that that helicopter that goes to the Yashner over there. It's passing over my house all the time. Of course, the uh, sheriff's deputies are flying over my house too, so I kind of keep uh, keep my head low. Uh, I mean, you know, I can understand the, their argument with the with the noise and everything else. It's like, you know, you buy a nice house and in a very nice neighborhood. And the next thing you know, you live next to the airport in Kenna. And uh, but it's not as frequent as that when they're talking about being a stop. Um, like, I, you know, I, I've lived in different places around the country. Some of them have ele elevated trains. I mean, when they stop or they pass by, it's like in the Blues Brothers. How often does a train go by? So often you won't even notice it. After a while, so often you don't even notice it. 
But if it comes on irregular times, irregular days, irregular evenings or mornings, or well, I mean, if it can show up at any time of the day or night, you're never going to get used to that because your body won't adjust to it. And the next thing you know, I'm not getting any sleep. And if I don't get my sleep, baby, I, ain't, I am not a happy camper. All true. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a stop. It's uh, it's. It's an infrequent destination. Do they do they have to put in there how many times a day or a week or whatever that this helicopter does show up? Do they have to dictate those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they do. I have not read the, the, the pleadings filed by the plaintiff's lawyers here, but I, I'm, I'm sure that the, there are lots of allegations about, about the frequency, the timing, the probably in the middle of the night. I mean, emergencies don't happen at the midday they have it in the middle of the night so yeah i'm, I'm sure all of that contributes yeah. to the alleged damages what about uh i mean how long does something like this normally take because there's going to be a situation where they just go well i mean look it's been in court litigation for three years now the helicopter's been flying in and out for three years now they're of course going to ask for an injunction that the helicopter go back to the river until all this is settled but if they don't win that injunction and for three years while it's in court it starts landing there where it is. I mean, it's, isn't that kind of like possessions nine-tenths of the law? I've been doing it three years, and, you know, your kids still graduate. Yeah, school, none of these so. cases move move quickly. Yeah, none of, none of them move quickly. So I, I would if this if this goes the goes the, the whole distance through the court process, I mean, it's at least two or three years for sure. And, but what are their chances with the injunction to move it back to the old helipad during this time? Well, I don't know the answer to that really because um, I, I, I'm not a zoning lawyer, and I don't. I get the arguments that they're making with the helipad versus uh, helistop versus heliport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether that's going to get any traction with the court or not, but uh, Children's Hospital sure thinks it will. So, uh, you know, I just don't really know. I can't really evaluate yeah, the, the chance of success of, of, of the suit. If this goes through, if 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 Children's Hospital wins with this. So they basically put in a hell, and it is a helipad. I mean, uh, it is a helipad. I mean, yeah, right. The thing we live just there. don't know whether it's a heliport or a helistop. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing doesn't live there. So yeah, it's a helipad. But the the bottom line is, they did all this stuff without the proper zoning. They did it without any any input from the uh, surrounding neighbor, or not enough from them, according to their arguments. What is this going to do if you know somebody decides they want to start parking their Mack truck uptown? You know, I mean, who is going to be able to point to this as precedent for something else that the neighbors don't want to happen? Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to have a lot of precedential effect for for all zoning matters in Uptown. Just, Just this, the, this is a, a a fairly a fairly unusual dispute over whether something is a helistop or a heliport. Hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, the plaintiffs' lawyers will will make those what we call parade of horribles arguments. If you let Children's Hospital do this, the next thing you know, we're going to have some uh, coal processing plant put in Audubon Park. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking about that, but I was thinking about, you know, because we had this dispute out in Jefferson Parish. This guy built this gigantic metal structure that can house a fire truck. And uh, the neighbors are going. This is like not code. Why is he getting away with this kind of stuff? And then it went to court. And not only not only did the dude win, the parish had to pay him 150 G's. So I was like, "Well, dude, I can, I can live in a big ugly building like that if you pay me 150 G's." Oh, that was the, that was that guy on Causeway Boulevard. Yeah, 
So yeah, I remember that. Well, I mean, so that that possibly opened up a door. There, I mean, now there are people who bought houses that that front front or the sides of them are on Battery Road, and they own the property between the sidewalk and the street. They own all of it. You know, they block it off for uh, for St. Patrick's Day parades and the whole shebang. Going, oh, can I buy the property between my sidewalk and the street? And tell everybody to go to hell and not to walk on my sidewalk. So I, I just, I'm wondering what kind of doors these are going to open in the future that, you know. I mean, there's a set of standards that people need to follow. And no, I know you're a big, giant hospital and you do great work. But there's still a set. Of, you're still made up with people and people need to follow standards. And if you ain't got to follow the standards, why do I? I, I guess that's the argument I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, and it's just, it's just you know, in all these disputes, it's just a classic uh, tension between private property ownership and living in a society where we have uh, other people that 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 live right next to our own private property so what we do on our property could be a nuisance to others and and you have to pay to uh, you, you have to com- you have to you have to comply to, to live in a society yeah yeah and i didn't get to ask you about the lawyers and judges but i'm out of time but that's next go round. the next you when you represent lawyers and judges that got to be interesting dan cialino loyola law professor how many people do y'all crank out every year, by the way, at the law school? Uh, you know, back in the day, we used to have 300 people a class. Nowadays, we've got more like 180 or 90. So uh, it's a lot smaller than it used to be, which is uh, which is probably good. I think it's good, Dane. Don't get me wrong. I know we need lawyers, but quite frankly, we've got a whole lot of them already. Just turn on the TV. You can start counting right then. Anyway, peace. <laughs> Take a <laughs> Yeah, have a good day, Dane. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you for calling in. You too, Spud. Right, Talk to you later. Wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dust busters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps. The list just keeps on growing. And it needs to keep on growing because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. Okay, Dane Cialino, smarter than your average bear. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast. Uh, you can find me on Red Circle, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Public Radio, Stitcher. I'm on Twitter at SpudGotThat. And I'm on my Facebook page at Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell and the Big TZ. If you want to sponsor the Spudcast or if you'd like to have it emailed directly to you, you can contact me. Or if you have a good idea for a show, contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, talk to you guys tomorrow. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.